1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: WPHD, WPHT,
3: HD, 3 Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The
1: Revolution.
3: This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli.
0: All right, the question tonight is how much by? Uh, how much will Trump win New Hampshire? That's the only question. How much will he win? Not will he win? Not if he wins, but by how much is the question? And Haley, and hats off to Dom Giordano for bringing this to my attention as I walked in the studio today. Haley's telling everybody, I can stay in because we got an open primary, open primaries the rest of the way. So Democrats can vote for me. It's Amazing. Welcome back, welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210. And on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Great to have you with us today. Got a big show for you. And uh, your thoughts on all this. Where where does all this go from here? It's not it's not looking good for Nikki Haley today, but you know, it's funny as I as I peruse all the uh, political stories of the day. Everybody's trying to pretend like there's drama. And I told you yesterday, there's no drama with this. There is drama, though, about the doomsday clock. You heard that in the news if you were listening to the news report. This is the, the, the doomsday clock. Humanity faces an unprecedented level of danger. It's ticking closer to midnight, like in The Watchmen. It reads 90 seconds to midnight. And then, I guess, at midnight, we're, you know, we're dead. Because of nuclear war or technology, climate change, mass health concerns, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria and all these things. But what, of course, has has moved the clock closer? Uh, You bet climate change, blame climate change, blame climate change and everything. Also, the reason why the doomsday clock is ticking closer. Uh, this is also why the uh, Biden administration right now is going to do something to further hurt the United States of America I, just when you thought it was impossible for them how could they How could they hurt the u s anymore they 're about to try to ban the exports of liquid natural gas. I kid you not they're looking to do that so um the the climate change outlook that the doomsday clock people and they must be fun at parties that they looked at was the om- ominous. They said that 2023 was the warmest year on record. What about all those warm years that weren't on record? I ah, don't worry about that. They said almost a trillion dollars was invested in climate change while 1.7 billion was put toward clean energy, but not enough. Not as long as you have cows tooting, that doomsday clock's going to keep ticking. And then the nuclear threat, they added that too. Why? Well, of course, you know why? Because Putin, Putin might decide to just start, start launching nuclear missiles. And, you know, you might just decide to nuke Ukraine because why not? Uh, and also North Korea. Uh, they do mention Iran, though, which is interesting because this administration is hell bent on making sure that Iran does get a nuclear missile at some point. And then uh, the doomsday clock people also point out that Pakistan and India are expanding their arsenals. And those countries all hate each other's guts. And China, they, they hate China too. And China has nu- nukes, you know, they're. So anyway, uh, we got that looking looking good for us. We're we're at ninety seconds to midnight. But it's funny though, since Donald Trump became president, we we've moved closer and closer and closer to midnight. And now that it looks like he's going to be president again, potentially, now we're really close to midnight—ninety seconds to midnight. Now, for me personally, I'm I'm fine with this because once you factor in uh, daylight savings time, because we're going to spring forward. We're already dead. So it's, as far as I'm concerned, we've already hit midnight. So I don't think you have to worry about it. They actually had a press conference about this this morning to scare the bejesus out of everybody. And then, of course, the big thing they all kept saying is, Let, let's emphasize how we can avoid hitting mi- midnight, okay? Here's how we can do this. Uh, we, have to, we have to move forward on climate change action, and we also have to get rid of the, nucle- the nuclear threats, and we also need to... Um, we also need to make sure Donald Trump doesn't become president. I, I mean, they were all thinking that in their minds, of course, but they wouldn't come out and say that. But he is going to win New Hampshire tonight, obviously, and freak everybody out uh, who's not paying attention. I'm looking at the polls in South Carolina. Ooh, I would not want to be Nikki Haley today. I wouldn't want to be Nikki Haley any day. I really wouldn't. Uh, but when she's coming out and telling people, listen, listen, we can stay in this race because it's open primaries all ahead, which means Democrats can vote for us. Biden's got a big lead. I mean, you know, when you look at Pennsylvania right now, Biden's got a big lead over Trump, 47 to 39. Biden plus eight in Pennsylvania is a new poll that came out today by the Susquehanna Group. Uh, There's no way Biden has that kind of a lead on Trump in Pennsylvania. No friggin' way. None whatsoever. No chance. But you're about to start seeing a lot of Fugazi general election polls. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay they want Republican primary voters to think that Trump can't win. And then that case, then they're hoping that you'll go in there and vote for Nikki Haley in the next open primaries that are happening because he has a 22 point lead going into New Hampshire right now. Twenty two points. It's a lot of points. So what you're going to start seeing is a lot of food, just like you saw in 2016, Fugazi polls, and they're going to tell you, hey, look, Haley can win, but Trump can't. So keep that in mind. But I don't believe general election polls. I told you why a million times. I've I've said this before. People lie to pollsters all the time, but they don't lie in primary polls. They're very proud to say who they're voting for. Primary voters are proud to say. when you see a state where uh, Biden is leading by such a high margin, that's because if somebody got a phone call from a pollster, they're just afraid to say they're voting for Trump. They don't want to be labeled as a Trump supporter, and that's why Biden is leading in all these polls. But with Nikki Haley. I guess they feel like, well, you know, I can say that because it sounds kind of cool. Like in Virginia, they have Haley beating, beating Biden by five, but Trump losing to Biden in Virginia. Like, stop. Okay, come on. How is that even possible? Give me a break. You know what I mean? Like, give me a break. Biden beats Trump, but Haley beats Biden in the same state. Like, stop. You know what I mean? I, this is why I, I have to look at these things and say, I'm calling BS on this. I'm calling BS on this. You're, you'll maybe tell a pollster that you will vote for Nikki Haley, but you're not going to tell a pollster you vote for Trump. But I think a lot of these things are manipulated anyway, because the truth of the matter is, and you know, and I know, that these polls are being put out right now on purpose. Let everybody think that you have one chance here to win the election, and that's Nikki Haley. And if you don't nominate Nikki Haley, then you're done. And the reason why is because the establishment will be happy with her because she, she wants to keep the war in Ukraine going. And if you listen to anything coming out of Washington right now, and I pity you don't, I pity the fool who does, like me, because I have to pay attention to this stuff. It's all about giving Ukraine the money. It's all about giving Ukraine more money. It's never enough. It's all about giving Ukraine money. So uh, Trump is going to, we're not going to be giving Ukraine money if Trump is the president again. And we're not going to be going into new wars. And that's a bummer for the establishment. It really is. I know that sounds crazy, right? You're like, come on, why would they want war? It's because it makes people rich. That's why it makes people rich. Now, Rachel Maddow, and I'll play this clip in a little bit. She actually thinks that Trump supporters are voting for the end of politics. They want a dictator. That's why they just want a dictator. And I keep saying the same point that I, that I've been making for a long time. As far as dictators go, Trump's a lousy one. Because I've never heard of a dictator who actually willingly left office before. Usually they have to be killed. No, really. Usually you have to kill them and, and do so in a very public manner. Like when they, when they, they hanged Mussolini uh, in, in public. You know, you got to make a big deal out of it. You got to make a big stink out of it when you overthrow a dictator. You topple a dictator, you got to make a whole big to-do over it. But they don't just leave. Because that's the whole thing about being a dictator. Dictators don't leave. Dictators dictate. And they're terrible at leaving, hence the whole dictator part of everything. So that, so that's, you know, that's the typical fear mongering on the eve of the New Hampshire primary tonight of which Trump is going to crush it. And then <clears throat> Nikki Haley will come out and say, there's still a pathway. There's still a pathway. So this is funny, right? I'm looking at this um, this memorandum that that her campaign put out. And Trump has said he's probably not going to choose Nikki Haley. Uh, you know, to be VP. And obviously if he did, he would lose a lot of people's support. They'd be very angry at him. They really would. They'd be very angry. But Haley's campaign had the audacity to just let everybody know that with open primaries ahead and Democrat voters being able to vote in those primaries, she has a chance to win. Translation, the never Trumpers will get in the bed again with the Democrats if that's what it takes, just like they did before. That's what they did before, and it's what they'll do again. These people are desperate to stop them. And they're so desperate to stop them that you're going to start hearing a lot more about uh, the potential threats of violence that are happening in America. Now, you probably know by now about that pipe bomb video that came out. So, remember on the high holy day of the left, Jan- January 6th, they told us that there were these pipe bombs outside the DNC and the Republican National Convention. But even when they had the primetime show of the January 6th committee, Prime time. And then the, the series of spinoffs, um, Dancing with the Insurrectionists was a big one. The Masked Insurrectionists, that was a huge one. They had Cooking with the Insurrectionists. That was on, I believe, J6 streaming or J6 The Oak Show. I forget. There were so many different iterations of the January 6th committee back then. But Cooking with the Insurrectionists was fun. You, you could make a homemade pipe bomb. Only except they never talked about pipe bombs during the entire January 6th hearing. It never came up. Which is strange, right? Because you'd think if they found pipe bombs, it's kind of a big deal, especially one right by the Democrat National Convention headquarters, Democrat National Committee headquarters, I mean. And Kamala Harris was inside the building. And Congressman Tom Massey made a great point to this, to the Daily Wire. He said, if there were indeed two operable pipe bombs, that would be the biggest threat that existed on January 6th because nobody else had weapons that day. There were no weapons. Nobody brought in weapons to the Capitol building. It's why it's a low energy insurrection, because you can't really overthrow a government without weapons. You can't. I mean, you can go and ask nicely, like, can we please take over? But typically they say no. I mean, why every time that there's been a coup or an actual insurrection or a takeover of another country, they've had to use force. Because when you go in and just say pretty, pretty, please, with sugar on top, they say no. They say, no, we like being in power, so no. So you have to, you have to forcibly take over. That's always been the way it is in history. I don't know of a country, well, maybe France. Uh, France actually might be the exception, because when the Nazis came to France, they were like, all right, come on in. But well, that, that may be the only exception to, the, to, to that rule. And it wasn't so much as them taking over the country and the government as much as just the French surrendering, <laughs> like they do. You know what I mean? But I don't know of a, com- of a country where there's been an internal takeover where the 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 rebels got to the capitol building and then the dictator just turned around and said all right it's yours you have it or the government in charge said okay you have it no usually what happens like in cuba for example where if you remember the movie the godfather part two where the guy who was in charge was going to flee the country when they realized that the the, the their goose is cooked because the rebels have advanced and the rebels have guns and the rebels are That's when they all flee, you know, and they go and they flee to glorious, wonderful places and they take all their money that they've looted from the people with them. But otherwise, you don't just walk in and say, we're in charge now. Doesn't work that way. But if there were pipe bombs, well, that would mean that people were really trying to blow buildings up, which is a big deal. And when you keep hearing Democrats say that it was a violent insurrection, but you keep saying, but I don't understand, like kicking windows in is violence. I mean. You know, they, they, they put up the lie the cops were murdered, you know, I mean, but where was the actual evidence that people were trying to use force to overtake the United States of America? As Congressman Tom Massey put it, this is an ongoing cover-up. He's, of course, a member of the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. If there were indeed two operable pipe bombs, that would be the biggest threat that existed on J6. It doesn't make any sense. Why they wouldn't be promoting that threat to advance that narrative unless they had something to do with the pipe bombs and they're trying to memory hole the whole thing to avoid embarrassment. And, you know, the big thing was this video that went viral and this this um, video that was put out there and the people behind who put this video out um, did a great job on this this raw story, the people there. But you watch the video and you go, all right, so these cops come over and they apparently see this pipe bomb and it's like no big deal. And they let other they let kids walk in front of it. They, it's just no big whoop. You know what I mean? And then they find the other pipe bomb. And then they don't do a citywide lockdown. There's no dogs. There's no... They're just like, all right, that pipe bomb, what are you going to do? And you just kind of move on. But that's strange because you would think that on the day of this big insurrection happening, if they find pipe bombs that were potentially put there the night before with kitchen timers that were, made them inoperable. But you would think, though, that if they were finding these things, it would be an all-out effort to find more pipe bombs. And yet that doesn't happen. In fact, even in 2022, Kamala Harris, who was in the DNC that day, the Democrat National Committee, even she said January 6th was a deadly assault. She's liking it to September 11th, liking it to Pearl Harbor. But she went out of her way, not to mention being the target of an apparent bomb. She never mentioned that that there was a pipe bomb. The Democrat-led January 6th Committee, chaired by Representative Benny Thompson, Did not mention the pipe bombs. Not once. Not on on the primetime show, not on the spinoffs, not on the director's cut edition. And believe me, the director's cut edition is sensational. Uh, It's only in an appendix. A brief mention in an appendix of the nearly 900-page final report of the J6 committee. But wouldn't that be your big, I mean, that's your big reveal, right? Pipe bombs. And they, they have this lame, low energy security camera footage of a person apparently planting the bomb the night of January 5th. But former top FBI Washington official Stephen D'Antuno testified he was flabbergasted to find the video footage turned over by the DNC was a far lower quality than would be expected of modern cameras. And Massey said, you know, every modern data system keeps backups. I don't believe it could be corrupted without the ability to recover it. The original file. The FBI said the bombs were viable, but they were connected to a 60-minute kitchen timer, making it impossible to trigger an explosion the next day. And there was no battery to ignite it. There was nothing to ignite that was an actual bomb. You know what I mean? In other words, I think what happened is that these were Fugazis, and the only question is, who put them there? Maybe Ray Epps did. Oh, you can't say that. Ray Epps has had enough grief and enough stress from you people suggesting he might have been in on it by telling everybody to go into the Capitol. Tomorrow we go into the Capitol, you know, into the cap and then the day of telling people to go in the Capitol. So that guy's had a lot of stress. So don't stress him out anymore by suggesting something might have been this or that it could have been another FBI uh, confidential informant or operative or whatever. Don't suggest that in any way, shape or form. You can't do those things because these things are always true. Revolver News was the first, I said Raw News, Revolver News was the first to report on this. Secret Service foreknowledge or criminal negligence damning new evidence surfaces in the FBI's January 6th pipe bomb story. And you got to wonder. I mean, if if the Secret Service had swept the building for the Vice President-elect of the United States of America to go inside, which is the Democrat National Convention, uh, Democrat National Committee headquarters, and there's this pipe bomb thirty feet away. How come they didn't find it? I mean, they. uh, If you've ever been around a, a a the kind of um secret service sweeps that are done they're specifically looking for things like bombs i mean that's what they look for they're looking for that stuff so why would they not how come they didn't find it you know how come this was just something that they just didn't look at didn't uncover you know there's a lot of questions here and congressman tom massey is right to ask them and then we know that stuff was deleted before the republicans took control We know that stuff was deleted before Republicans took control of of the House. And we also know that Speaker Mike Johnson has not followed through on his promise to release 40,000 hours of January six footage. How the heck there can be 40,000 hours of January six footage? The 90 or so hours that he has released have done a great deal to popularize and popularize and reinforce the public's understanding of just how inaccurate the official version of January six really is. but. Why is there still 40,000 hours that hasn't been released at this point? What are you waiting for? I can't figure that part out. Unless there's something they don't want you to see. You know, new footage depicting the Capitol Police opening the doors, ushering in crowds, footage of Capitol Police committing violence against protesters, all that stuff. It doesn't tell us anything new. That stuff's been around for years. So what what else is there in the 40,000 hours? I'm wondering. I'm curious. Like the Kennedy assassination. I mean, all these years later, and they still thousands of documents classified. It just makes one wonder, you know? Uh, That is the big story of the day today, by the way. Brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. Go see him for the smile you deserve. All right, so New Hampshire is tonight. Trump's going to win by how much? Probably by 20, maybe maybe more. It's not looking good for Haley, yet she's determined to stay in the race. And uh, the question then becomes... What will happen if Nikki Haley does, in fact, come close, maybe within four or five or six points? It's not going to happen. But what happens if it does occur? What cataclysmic shift will occur within the Republican establishment? We'll talk about that as well. 855 through on Twitter at Rich Zioli. We're 90 seconds closer to midnight, but we are a few minutes away from coming back. So don't go away.
3: Call from mom. Answer it Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Z-O-L-E Show on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free
2: Odyssey app. I
0: was going to say, is this your Doomsday song, Henry? Doomsday clock song? I like it. Half past 12. I like it. Well done. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Well done. Uh, so here's this memo from, uh, from Nikki Haley. As, as um, the guy from the Washington Post reporter puts it, and this is a little synopsis of this. Memo from Haley team implies they're willing to fight through Super Tuesday and rely on independence. Quote, 11 of the 16 Super Tuesday states have open or semi-open primaries. Of the 874 delegates available, Roughly two thirds are in states with open or semi open primaries. This is how they're going to try to win by relying on open primaries, AKA Democrats. Now, she's going to get crushed in New Hampshire tonight. She's going to go to South Carolina and get crushed. The only question is do the people that are getting paid right now have more influence over her than the people that know this is impossible because when you're a political consultant and this is your livelihood and you know, it's late in the game and you got to find another job and the checks are cashing and you've got money, people within the Republican establishment saying, stay in the race, stay in the race, stay in the race convention, anything's possible. Trump could go to prison. Trump could die in prison, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Will those voices outweigh the people that are, I presume close to her who know that this is a disaster and that she is going to destroy any chance she has for 2028. Personally, I don't think she has any chance in 2028, but they're going to tell her that she does anyway. So which side will win out? Because that's what usually happens in these, in these matters. You know, all the consultants, all the people that make their fancy, fancy consultancy paychecks, and it's a lot of cash. You know, posters, the people that make the campaign ads, the mail pieces, everything like that. It's a lot of money in politics, a lot. And the memo that they put out today... From the campaign, said it's officially a two-person race. It's Nikki Haley versus Donald Trump. Technically, it is, but that's not really accurate to say that. They write, "We've come a long way in these eleven months. We started two percent. We started with zero dollars in the bank. No one thought we had a shot. No one thought we could get it done. Well, you haven't got it done. And here we are: fifty million dollars raised, two hundred stops, and 12 Fellas, later. I don't know what that means. Oh, Nikki's still standing. Oh, I see. All the people are dropped out. Mm-hmm. The political class and the media want to give Donald Trump a coronation. They do, Re- really? That's funny. I, no, I think I think the Republican primary voters want to give him a coronation because they just know the primary is over at this point. But it's the opposite. I think I think the political class and the media, the corporate media, want you, Nikki, you, and that's what they're telling. Nikki Haley. So this is a very well written memo by her team, and if you read the whole thing, it sounds like yeah, she's got a shot at this. Why get out? And that's the job of a campaign manager because he doesn't want to lose his job. I mean, nobody in the campaign, nobody in the orbit, is going to say this is over. Get out. So they're going to pretend. They're all going. We're all going to play pretend and act like this is actually a thing. Like this is actually a real chance here for Nikki Haley to continue past tonight and past South Carolina okay but I'm telling you right now she's not going to come close to winning Trump is right and this is what Trump said speaking with Martha McCallum in New Hampshire as he talks on the uh, this was on the eve of the New Hampshire primary cut number one
2: um, so Nikki Haley says now she has the two-person race that
3: she's always wanted. She has been coming after you strongly in the past few days. It's worked both ways, um, and you've come after her as well. She she keeps bringing up your age lately. What
1: do you say about that?
2: Well, I think I'm a lot sharper than her. I would do this. I would sit down right now and take an aptitude test, and it would be my result against her result, and she's not going to win. She's not going to even come close to winning. Uh, in fact, when I heard the word cognitive, you know, I've taken two of them now. I took one with... Doc Ronnie, who's now a fantastic, you know, White House doctor, and a fantastic uh, congressman from Texas, Admiral, the White House doctor, Jackson, Ronnie Jackson, and he's uh, now a great congressman from Texas. I took uh, one then, and I took one recently. I think the result was announced, and it was—I aced it twice. I aced it. But I would say that, you know, I've actually called for a cognitive test for anybody running for president, because I actually think that's a good idea. It'd be nice to have an intelligent person be president.
0: But she's not going to come close to winning. It's not going to happen. And, you know, I mean, it is. I told you yesterday, um, the prosecutor in Georgia, the district attorney down there, that case is about to blow up because of the whole thing with her boyfriend and the fact that the, the boyfriend got all this money from the case and he's going through a divorce. And his ex-wife is saying that she wasn't getting a piece of the action and all this is going to blow up. And that case is done. And the, but that doesn't mean they're going to stop. They're not they're not they're not going to stop. I mean, they're going to keep coming and Trump acknowledged that, you know, I mean, it's he may wind up getting indicted right into the White House. He may get indicted, you know, as the president elect. It may never stop. But the thing is, I just don't think Republican primary voters care. And if they do care, it's only helped them. I think that's obvious at this point. Cut number 2.
2: That could help us pay off the debt. You know we have 35 trillion dollars in debt. Reduce taxes further. I gave you the biggest tax we cre- got the biggest tax cut in the history of our country, bigger than the Reagan tax. Yeah. And protect the security of ourselves and our allies. Biden wants to Turn off the spigot. He just doesn't want it to happen. It's—I don't know if it's him. It's—I'm not sure he has any idea what the hell's going on. The guy can't put two sentences together. And you know, I never spoke to about him like this. I speak to him. It's very derogatory what I say, because you know what he did? He indicted me. I mean, I—I've been indicted. I've been indicted more than Al Capone. See that guy how tough he is, look at him with a big red hat on, he's a tough guy. If Al Capone ever took you out to dinner and he didn't like your smile, he would kill you before morning, okay? And he got indicted less than me. That's not right. Now, these people are crazy. These people are crazy. It's weaponization, it's going after your political opponent. Nobody's ever done this before in the history of our country. They do it in third world nations, but they don't do it here. And I have a feeling maybe it's going to be the last time, because people are going to see it at the polls. The uh, the people are, it's amazing. I appreciate it so much, because normally what you do is you just put your head down. I guess you have to get the hell out. And every week we go up and up and up. And somebody said, don't indict him anymore. Please, you're killing us. You're going to indict him right into the White House. We don't want to have that. No, it's terrible. I mean, we get treated terribly. It's unbelievable. And, you know, that's a two-way street that can happen to them also. It's a very dangerous thing. It's a very dangerous precedent that they are setting.
0: It is the new precedent of America, no doubt about it. And by the way, there's some breaking news on that. Donald Trump's request for the D.C. Circuit to reconsider his gag order has been denied. That just came out a short time ago. In the United States Court of Appeals, they've denied his request to reconsider the gag order. So the next stop will be the United States Supreme Court if the president's legal team decides to appeal that. But it just broke a terse ruling on Tuesday. The full 11-member bench of the appeals court, which includes three of Trump's own appointees, opted against reconsidering a three-judge panel's December 8th ruling upholding the gag order, which even the ACLU has called unconstitutional for the record. Uh, We got a great guest coming up. Jack Sobiek's going to be here, and we haven't talked to him in a while, so he's a Philadelphia original Jack Basobic is a guy who has been crushing it on social media, and Jack Basobic is um, a Ph.T. original, started here, as a matter of fact. So he'll be my guest straight ahead, so don't go away. Thanks for
3: listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app.
0: By the way, Texas is putting in more razor wire. Oh, yeah, that's right. They are. The Texas National Guard is installing more razor wire. On the southern border, John Kirby just came out and said razor wire doesn't work. So, again, I'm going to ask the question, if razor wire doesn't work, why do we use it at jails and prisons and other places? We'll talk about all these things throughout the show today. Welcome back. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. I guess I guess the question, the first question that I want to ask my guests is, do you still remember that that number, Jack? Do you still remember that?
3: That number? What number is that, Rich? The call in number
0: 855-839-1210.
3: 855 839 1210 1210 a.m. WPHD, the big talker, Philadelphia. No, I have no idea uh, anything about that call in number or anything about the greatest radio station in the history of Philadelphia.
0: See, my man, that's exactly why we love you. Jack Posovic is with me right now, and it's great to have him on the show. And I got a picture today of you. Uh, behind, or I should say in front of the Talk Radio 1210 WPHD logo. You were on air, you were sales, but since then you've vaulted to... um, Great stuff, man. I mean, I'm really proud of your accomplishments on social media. The Post Millennial is a great site, your Rumble channel, and of course, senior uh, editor at Human Events. So all these things are happening, and it's uh, it's fantastic. So congratulations.
3: Well, thank you, and I appreciate it. Look, you know, getting... You know, getting my foot in the door at, at twelve ten. I can't believe it's almost twenty years ago now. That's back when it was at the Two Ballot Plaza studio, uh, and that's back when um, you know, and Dom Dom Big Dom G was still there in in the uh, in the evenings at that time. Uh, Grace Blazer was running the news side, um, and it was uh, it was right up there in the middle. And of course, noon to three back then, we had we still had the great Rush Limbaugh.
0: That's right. Yeah, lots changed and we're no longer in Ballot. We're now in center city and we have to pay for parking. I know. And that stinks.
3: Oh my gosh, pay for parking. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I couldn't no, I wouldn't (laughs) do it. I wouldn't do it.
0: Not only that, but you also have to worry about getting carjacked and shot on your way to and from work, Jack. So there's that.
3: Yeah, well fortunately that's pretty much all of Pennsylvania now. That's true.
0: By the way, would you believe this this new poll that came out that that says uh, Biden's got an eight point lead in Pennsylvania? I I don't believe that. I don't believe that. that.
3: So I woke up to that um, this morning as I was going through the polls, uh, this thing that Biden is an eight point lead in Pennsylvania. And I say I need to see the crosstabs on that thing, because that's certainly an outlier when it looks to when I see all of the polls that have come out. Uh, for Pennsylvania recently. Um, I'd love to look at the crosstabs of that to see how exactly they got that. I want to see the weighting on that poll. And I also want to see if they asked that if they pulled the same, uh, the Commonwealth along with RFK, because I know that RFK and particularly also um, West, if they put him... Uh, Cornell West gets on the ballot in Pennsylvania, that's definitely going to be someone that picks up a lot of these votes from people that are just sick and tired of the Biden administration.
0: You know, what's funny, though, Jack, is I'm looking at a lot of these polls, too, and they all show I think a lot of these polls are going to be Fugazi's coming out trying to convince Republican voters to back Haley because all these polls have Haley beating Biden and then Biden beating Trump. And I'm calling B.S. on this. I think that this is an effort to try to convince people at the last minute, hey, she's your only chance of winning.
3: Yeah, there's a, there's a huge, interesting push with Haley, where it's 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 there's this question of oh, you know, Haley, she can pick up these independents, and she can go to the moderates and get up. And I'm like, I have never met a Nikki Haley supporter in real life like anywhere. Like, and I can think through all of the conversations I've had. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I've met Trump supporters, sure, I've met the Sanders supporters, I've met you know, I've I've met RFK supporters. You know, I've I've met them. I've spoken with them. I've never had a person come up to me and say, Gosh, I just can't wait for Nikki Haley to be in office. It's literally never happened.
0: Yeah, and it never will, because I don't even like her in South Carolina. (laughs) She's gonna get creamed in South Carolina. I mean, the memo that the campaign put out today is laughable, you know, saying, Oh, here's our pathway with all these open primaries coming out, uh, coming up, basically admitting what we've all been saying, right? Which is that you know her only chance here is if Democrats get on board with her But even that's not going to work. But she's going to get creamed tonight, and she's going to get creamed in her home state.
3: The proof in the pudding is the fact that every single statewide elected official in her home state of South Carolina is against her. They're all against show me all your great endorsements. The guy who's currently the governor of South Carolina, who was her lieutenant governor, who became governor and then got elected in his own right, uh, McMaster, after she went on to become the U.N. ambassador, even he endorsed against her. You got Tim Scott. You got, I don't think Lindsey Graham was ever seriously going to consider uh, endorsing her. But the fact that all of them are against her, a place that you would normally consider, you know, you say favorite son, I guess favorite daughter in this instance, would normally be a place where she spent her entire career building up political capital, building up a base where she spent all of the time. If they aren't even willing to back her, and they're certainly not worried about their voters, then – uh, coming after the, any of them for their future careers if they're not worried about Nikki Haley I don't think anyone's actually worried about Nikki Haley
0: so you have this video on the post millennial about these young voters who are coming out now and they're they're coming out for Trump and they're and they're very proud of it and they're very open about it what are you hearing from the Trump campaign and what are you hearing from people on the ground in New Hampshire
3: Oh, I I think people are very excited in New Hampshire. Uh, There's a lot of energy. I actually just interviewed uh, Eric Trump just about uh, not even less than an hour ago. And, uh, you know, they're just saying it's very high energy. They're even seeing people flip from Nikki Haley support to Donald Trump. And a lot of them were saying, look, you know, we kind of view the primaries being over. And, you know, we don't want to back a loser. We want to back someone who's going to win. So we're going to go with Trump because it's just Feels like a fait accompli at this point, point. and they're not buying, as you say, all these push polls and all of this sort of like headlining that's going on out there. They're saying, look, you know, it's it, we feel like a lot of the wins out of the sales because of Iowa. All right, you know, the you know the one big uh, the one big contender who was in the race was DeSantis. He got out on Sunday. So we want to consolidate. We want it to be over with, and we want to actually do something about the administration and everyone get on the line about that. And that's I kind of think that's where I'm at, and it seems like that's what we're starting here out of New Hampshire as well.
0: Jack, I was watching your um, your daily update, and uh, Jack Basobic's with me right now. It's great to have him on the show. You were talking a lot about. I mean, you're a naval intelligence guy, and and thank you for your service. Yeah, y- you were talking a lot that. today about what's going on in the Middle East and. Also, the fact that, I mean, once again, the administration is just completely not being transparent with us with what's what's happening.
3: Oh, well, I mean, you know, it, by the way, it's funny you mention that because uh, I, I caught you mentioning, talking about the razor wire earlier. You know, when I was down at Guantanamo Bay, we had razor wire down there for the d- detainees as well. It worked really, really well. Hmm. Um, and. Uh, you know, look, the, this administration. You know, they're telling us, oh, it's it's just a just a couple of minor brain related injuries, but don't worry about it. Everything will be completely fine. Excuse me, Admiral Kirby. Excuse me, I, I got friends over there right now, Rich, that are in harm's way, that are on, you know, I'll just say deployed to that part of the world. Uh, plus, of course, we've got our sailors that are on those ships in the Red Sea right now, taking incoming from these drones, from these rockets, from these missiles. And that's great that we're getting down most of them, but what about what happens when one of them slips through? What happens when one of them gets done? And so, no, I, I don't think our, our, the administration telling us the truth. And, oh, by the way, I don't even have to speculate, because we just lost two Navy SEALs, right. and it feels like the White House doesn't even want to talk about it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Kirby comes out and makes the announcement yesterday. The president says nothing. He walks from Marine One and says absolutely nothing about the fact we lost two Navy SEALs. Jack, what do you think the ultimate goal here is, though? I mean, there's a lot of people very concerned that Biden is going to drag us further into war here, further into conflict, so he can be a wartime president and think that that helps him. I personally think that that would be a disaster for him politically. I think Americans are sick and tired of it. I think it's one of the reasons why Trump is doing so well right now. Uh, and, And also one of the things I think that is the death sentence for Nikki Haley is her continued support of Ukraine, which is the opposite of where Republican primary voters are right now. But there are a lot of people very worried that Biden is going to drag us into something here in the Middle East. Are you worried about that? 100%.
3: 100 percent. And look, the United States can't afford World War III, OK, regardless of what anyone's feelings are on on Ukraine and Russia and Iran and, and, and any of these various aspects of any foreign conflict right now. OK, we can't afford it. OK, we can barely afford to do anything with uh, the budget's going to run out, what, at the end of March, March eighth, or no, the beginning of March, March 8th is when the funding dries up. Uh, just talked to Senator Ron Johnson about this. He even said that Langford was trying to put or that he told Langford to put border uh, funding and border security in terms of the negotiations and then tie that to Ukraine funding. But McConnell doesn't even want to talk about it. And so. All of the negotiations and the leverage that the American people have had a lot and is really only being portrayed through this primary process because you've got Republicans in the Senate that aren't even listening to the voters. They're, of course, listening to their donors and their financial backers. When you talk about uh, does the administration, that's very insightful, by the way because I completely agree with your read on what the Biden people are telling themselves. They're saying if you go hard at the Houthis, if you go hard at Iran, if you go hard at Russia, if you go hard at China, that's going to make you like an FDR. You're a wartime president. And they've been constantly trying to do this to portray Biden as a wartime president. But it seems like he's a president who isn't almost like an accidental wartime president where his bungling and his buffoonery are the things that start <laughs> these conflicts in the first place. And then he has no actual plan to get out of them. Meanwhile, we've got a secretary of defense who I'm like, can we get some proof of life on this guy? Because he says he's, he's running the war from first it was his, his hospital room. Now it's his bedroom. And he's holding this guy. Guys, can, can we find out who's tweeting from his account at a bare minimum? No, I, I think the American people are in a situation where they believe the emperor has no clothes. And unfortunately, we're in a lot of in these conflagrations with, guess what? Russia, that's a nuclear power. China's a nuclear power. Iran, has, let's be honest, probably has one or two on the shelf at this point, just waiting for it. So we can't afford to get into one of these situations in any of these areas. And we've already got these terrorist organizations, as I said before, firing off shots, at our sailors while they're in harm's way no well, it's it's a bad situation it's not i can't
0: bad. i can't speculate on where the defense secretary is though i do have a theory though that john fetterman's body double has now taken over like in the movie dave remember in the movie dave where the body double bait like the, kevin klein's character basically just became the president and started right, shifting right. his policy positions so that's my theory on what happened with fetterman because how else do you explain this unless this is his trap here to make everybody think he's a sensible moderate so that he can just completely launch missiles against Trump in Pennsylvania, and McCormick, too.
3: Yeah, I, I think what he's going to do is, what Fetterman's what doing is he's running the long con on, the, on on Pennsylvania. He's attempting to run the long con, and I think that it's, I think it's actually being quite effective. I don't know who's running the robot, who's pushing the buttons right now, but... You know, what he's doing is suddenly he's acting as if he's a completely reasonable guy. He's talking about serious, these you know, these 80-20 kind of issues like the border, which is an 80-20 issue. Uh, and he's saying, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm for getting control of the border. Yeah, I'm for fighting inflation. Yeah, I'm for protecting our allies in the Middle East. Yeah, I'm for all of these things. And then at the very end of it, he's going to say, and you know who else I'm for? Joe Biden, a son of Pennsylvania, Joe Biden, who's been and there's a reason that Biden has made like three of his last four presidential trips have all been to Pennsylvania, particularly in southeast Pennsylvania, where uh, WPHD has its footprint, because he understands that if he can get enough support out of southeastern Pennsylvania, he can swing the state. You know he might, he'll probably get some support out of Scranton, uh, definitely not as much as he used to. One of the in, uh, you know one day, but people remember when he was referred to as the third senator of Pennsylvania. And so what Fetterman is doing is he's setting up the long con. So that he, when Biden comes in in the final stretch of the general election, that Fetterman will say, and we need Joe Biden to send this son of Pennsylvania back to the White House so he can finish the job for another four years. You can take that to the bank, Rich. That's exactly how this is going to go.
0: Jack, I could talk to you all day and I got to have you back on the show before I let you go, though. You know, a lot of people are wondering with the pipe bomb story about January 6th, the 40,000 hours they're keeping from us, Biden's relentless, you know, they can they, they won't stop talking about it, the high holy day of the left, January 6th. Are they just going to keep trying to divide us? Is that their only strategy here, their only game plan that they have going into this election year?
3: Well, I think they're terrified about this pipe bomb story. And I think that the closer we get to real information about this, you know, it's interesting. I didn't even plan on talking about the pipe bomb until this week. All of a sudden, I've got sources within the federal government saying, hey, man, take a look at these pictures. These are out of uh, federal training facilities that look exactly like the timer, exactly like the end caps, exactly like the pipe that were found. By the way, you know, a, a, a pipe bomb that is set on a timer is not exactly the kind of one that goes off on a remote, by the way. Out of, you, know, you don't need to right. be a, you know, a Navy officer to understand that. So those things were set. They were meant to be a diversion. Then we get the news that, it, that the guy that called in after all these years, We get the news that the guy who called in the pipe bomb was himself an undercover law enforcement officer. Just one piece of information that goes to show you how terrified they are of that narrative about these pipe bombs. Again, I wasn't planning to even get into any of that stuff this week, but then all this information flies down on me. There's something rotten about that story, and I am going to keep picking at that itch until I get to the bottom of it.
0: Good. Please don't let up on it. And we'll follow you at Human Events. We'll follow you at all places. Uh, Jack, what's the best way for people to get your Rumble channel and to get your daily brief?
3: Yeah, of course. So uh, Human Events Daily on Rumble. Jack Vasobic on Rumble. We do a show with Charlie Kirk on Thursdays called Thought Crime. Of course, humanevents.com, postmillennial.com, two great websites out there, and then Rumble. You know, we'll have everything up every day, and if you know if people are people are interested in getting on X, they they might see me there from time to time.
0: <laughs> well, listen, next time you're in town, let's get together, come in studio, we'll hang out together for an hour or so. I want to have you on a lot between now and uh, the general election because you're 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 one of us, man. You're you're like a brother here, so we appreciate it.
3: Well, there, I, I wouldn't be any honored more than to come home and hang out with the great people, as I said before, the greatest radio station in the history of Philadelphia, WPHT.
0: My man. Jack Masovic. thanks, bud. You take care. Keep up the good work. Take care, Rich. God bless.
3: Rich C.O. weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. <sighs>